0: chapter six of a vanished hand this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org a vanished hand by sarah Downey. chapter six harold and meta the dear lord's best interpreters are humble human souls the gospel of a life like hers is more than books or scrolls from scheme and creed the light goes out the saintly fact survives the blessed master none can doubt revealed in holy lives whittier the two women sitting together in the little parlour behind the shop seem to have been drawn to each other by some subtle influence which neither could explain when mrs beaton proposed that elsie should take off her cloak and stay long enough to drink a cup of tea the invitation was accepted at once and then elsie told her name and a little bit of her own history before she began to listen to the story of meta there is a resemblance between your life and hers mrs beaton said thoughtfully i remember she once told me that she was alone in the world parents brothers and sisters had all passed away and the few relations who remained cared nothing about her some artist friend who had helped her to get on recommended mrs penn as a safe woman to live with then too that top room was a suitable place to work in there was plenty of light and air one day mrs penn brought her here and asked my son to show her some of our art treasures and that is how we were acquainted with her first was she very clever elsie asked i don't know enough of art to answer you but my son says that she was andrew is a judge in such matters and i have often heard him say that miss neal had the true gift but although she had been well trained she lacked a good many of those advantages which helped to make artists successful she could not afford to travel and she was so poor that she was forced to work below her powers still she was rising steadily in her calling and increasing her earnings when she first met mr waring mr waring ah that was harold said elsie yes that was harold he was the junior curate at st lucy's church in a street close by in that street there was a young girl dying of consumption who was very lonely and wanted a good deal of cheering and visiting i used to see her as often as i could but when my rheumatism cripples me i am helpless i soon found out that miss neal knew how to comfort the sick and i asked her to go to the poor girl she went and did more good than i had ever done and it was in that sick-room that mr waring first spoke to her elsie recalled the words in the manuscript what a new life came to me all at once when i met harold for the first time there are many kinds of love continued the old woman in her quiet voice and it was given to those two to know the best kind of all they gained strength from each other they worked as one in these crowded streets they have left traces of their simple earnest lives lives of self-sacrifice and devotion to humanity they made no noise in the world harold waring was not eloquent he was not a profound scholar he said very little about creeds and yet all sorts of believers and unbelievers trusted this man and looked up to him because he was simply an interpreter of divine love harold and meta lived long enough to reveal their master's sweetness to the people and the sweetness lingers with us still mrs beaton took off her spectacles and wiped her eyes then she looked up at elsie with a smile and shook her head over her own weakness my tears are for myself not for them she said i still miss them and i am too old to go amongst those who miss them even more than i do i shall never forget mr waring's face when he came to tell me about the legacy he was tall and fair with clear eyes that had the blue of heaven in them and jamie's eyes are like his interrupted elsie yes that's true the boy was more like his uncle than his father i only saw mr james waring once or twice and i always distrusted him well as i was saying harold waring's face was beautiful with hope and happiness we shall have a home mrs beaton he said we shall have a home that hope was never realized sighed elsie mrs beaton's look was very bright don't you think that it is realized now she asked i have often fancied that it is the want unanswered here which is most fully satisfied hereafter it makes the new life all the fresher and sweeter you see they wanted a home but home is not a place it is a state there can be no home at all if there is not that mystical house not made with hands where spirits blend and dwell together for ever just then the parlour door opened quietly and andrew beaton came into the room mother is giving you some of her notions he said she says that all the joys of heaven must first have had their beginnings in our souls on earth to him that half shall be given the old lady quoted miss kilner i am afraid you find me very wearisome my dear you wanted to hear about meta neal's life in this world and i am trying to talk about her life in the next forgive a foolish old woman who sits and dreams over her fire it was pleasant to see the look in andrew's eyes when his mother called herself a foolish old woman his glance had flatly contradicted her statement before elsie spoke mrs beaton she said earnestly i like to hear your notions you have done me good i have been thinking a great deal too much lately about the things that are temporal there were no spiritual influences in my sussex home she added with a sigh one ought to look up sometimes said andrew but one mustn't forget the story of the great artist who was painting the ceiling of a chapel for two years he got into such a confirmed habit of looking up that it cost him a mighty effort to look down at the common ground he had to walk on mrs beaton poured out tea for her son and smiled at elsie across the table it was a humble home at the back of a london shop but elsie found here the thought and refinement which she had so often missed in other houses she remembered the prattle which usually accompanied the clatter of afternoon tea-cups and the bits of scandal handed round with the cake i don't think we will dwell too long on the end of meta's earthly love-story said mrs Beaton. after a pause she has told you enough in her manuscript for nearly a year after harold waring died she was living and working among us and taking care of jamie it was in december just before christmas that mrs penn found her by the child's side in her last sleep there was another pause elsie felt that tears were gathering in her eyes and could not speak it was well that andrew broke the silence it is just a year and six months since mrs penn and jamie went away he said she had grown tired of her house i think and the death of miss neal preyed upon her mind some one came and took house and furniture off her hands my mother and i have been expecting a letter but no letter has come i think we ought to bestir ourselves the old lady remarked mrs penn was not quite the right person to have the care of a boy if i hadn't believed that we should be informed of her movements i would not have let jamie go so easily but the child clung to her very much after miss Neale's death no one else could comfort him have you ever heard of arnold wayne elsie suddenly asked never replied both the beatons at once who was he had he anything to do with miss neal i don't think she ever saw him elsie replied her manuscript merely says that he was harold's college friend and she must search harold's papers to find his address it was evident that she felt her own end approaching and thought that mr wayne might do something for jamie andrew beaton caught at the idea at once we'll find him out he cried mr waring was a king's college man it will be easy enough to learn something about arnold wayne there but we must find jamie first of all don't you know where mrs penn went when she left soho square inquired elsie not exactly andrew admitted mother how could we have been so neglectful we ought to have insisted on having her address but she had no address to give us mrs beaton answered with a troubled look on her kind face she said she would go to stay with some friends at brighton for a month the sea air would be good for the boy and herself they had both fretted themselves quite ill after leaving brighton she was thinking of settling at lee in kent naturally i approved of the brighton plan as i knew that jamie needed a change elsie was thoughtful for a moment then she looked up with a sudden hope shining in her eyes perhaps we are worrying ourselves without a cause she said it may be that they have not left brighton and the child is well and happy there who can tell the words came from andrew as he rose from his chair and went to a side-table i am going to write to mrs penn through the papers his mother and elsie watched him as he opened a blotting-book and set about his task at once there was something firm and business-like in his way of doing things in a few minutes the notice was written and he read it aloud to them mrs penn formerly of soho square is requested to communicate at once with andrew beaton wardower street w that will do said mrs beaton approvingly elsie too rose from her seat the afternoon was wearing away and miss saxon would be getting uneasy at her absence you will come again my dear said the old lady holding her hand in a lingering clasp i should be very glad to come elsie answered it is so long since i have talked with any one so motherly as you are as she spoke her lips quivered they both knew that the loss of a mother leaves a void which can only be filled up in heaven and perhaps the first treasure restored to us there will be the unspeakable gift of a mother's love i have never had a daughter said mrs beaton with a slight trembling in her voice when meta neal came i sometimes caught a glimpse of what a daughter might be the room was growing darker but elsie felt rather than saw the swift look of pain which swept across andrew's face she felt in her mind magnetically the feeling that was in his it came to her all at once that sudden strange intuition which reveals to us the deep places in other people's lives he too had caught a glimpse of what a daughter might have been to his mother he had seen how lovely his life might have grown if he could have won meta but that vision had been sternly put away from him neither in this life nor the next would she belong to him it was worse than a loss elsie thought it was the devotion to something afar from his own sphere a longing for the light of a star that had never shone into his world at all he was not grieving for a gift given and taken away but for a treasure which had never for an instant come within his reach she went away in the gathering dusk with a heart full of sympathy had the vanished hand guided her into the path of his solitary life that she might shed a ray of brightness there miss saxon was waiting for her with an anxious face some people had called and left cards friends who had lived once near her old neighbourhood elsie felt very little interest in them now her mind was full of new feelings she did not care to talk over bygone days i don't want to begin visiting she said i am so busy miss saxon in this life of mine there is so much to do is there not chapter six